Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. I was looking at NBA futures this morning. The Golden State Warriors are plus 5,500 right now on DraftKings to win the title. So if you believe in them, that's a big number. And Denver, I have Denver as my championship favorite. And they're still the second best odds on DraftKings right now at plus 450. So lots of good NBA bets to look at over the course of the end of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope all of you guys are having a great week. Good to be back after getting out of town for a little bit yesterday to do some skiing up in northern Arizona. We have a very special show today. We have Matt Modi, who does NBA la- uh, live streams for betting pros. He's going to come on the show. We're going to talk about his top three NBA Finals bets, as well as his favorite MVP bet. He's also a diehard Sixers fan. A tough time <laughs> to be a Sixers fan. So yeah. we're going to we're gonna get into the weed on the, uh, weeds on the Sixers and, and let him vent for a little bit. 
Matt, uh, first of all, let's get started with this. We're going to do it countdown style. Okay. Uh, we're going to go from three to one. Who is your third favorite title bet at this point in the season? Sure. My third favorite title bet. Uh, drum roll, please. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, obviously, they have... First of all, I guess I should go with the odds. So right now, they're tied with the Nuggets for the second best odds to win the title, uh, which I think is kind of crazy that they're tied with the Nuggets in the first place, but we'll get there at plus 475 odds. So what I like to do with... Because I always think about something... Uh, in terms of like the best value bets from a uh, win from a percentage in terms of what's the win percentage of the bet in terms of the odds and what's the win percentage of what I actually think of this play. And for context, uh, win per or the odds a plus 475 has a win percentage of like 17, 18%, basically telling you, okay, we think there's like a 20% roughly chance that the Clippers are going to win the finals, which I think I can get there. I mean, like, obviously they have the obvious qualifier. They have to stay healthy. That's they're the biggest question mark for them of any other team. But hey, they've been healthy this year. I know Paul George has been out for the past couple of games, but nothing crazy. And both him or him, Kawhi and James Harden, they're all on pace to play the most games they played in years. Um, they've kind of lost contention to be the one seed, but regular season, that stuff happens. I'm not necessarily scared off from that. And I just love what I've been seeing from Kawhi Leonard. Like he's never been a huge regular season guy. I mean, he played what, like 52 games when they, uh, when the Raptors won the finals back in 2019, but he's been phenomenal. Like NBA.com. And I'm not exactly sure how they come up to these stats, but they list him as like the best ISO score in, in the NBA. And we've all seen him turn into the Terminator, absolute just game wrecker in the playoffs. Even the two games he played against the Suns last year, he was amazing. Um, and I just think that the Clippers have everything they need to win. And I like it from an odds perspective. So tell me uh, tell me where I'm wrong about the Clippers. <laughs> I'm super high on the Clippers too. They're going through a little bit of a down stretch right now, yeah. which like is a typical thing for a veteran team. It honestly was kind of crazy that they were as locked in as they were for so long right after uh, the trade and like they've kind of gone back and forth between wins and losses for a little while. Their defense has gone down a big level as of late, but I think that's just typical regular season malaise. When you kick everyone's ass for a few months, eventually it's just kind of human nature to let up for a little bit. They kind of fall into this category of NBA teams that typically doesn't do super well in the postseason in the sense that they're very perimeter oriented with a bunch of guys that kind of like play both sides of the ball, but on the perimeters. I think teams like Boston, teams like Oklahoma City, teams like the New Orleans Pelicans, where they have all these rangy wings that can guard and can score on the other end of the floor. The difference between the Clippers and most of those other teams, except for Boston, who obviously is amazing. But the difference between the Clippers and teams like the Pelicans and the Thunder is they have the real interior physical imposition element, which I think is super important. Like Kawhi is like the one guy who's really a perimeter skill player who seems to go up a massive level when he gets to the postseason because he's so much stronger than everybody and he can get to his spots. And then Avik Zubac just gives you that interior kind of physicality, a guy that can bang bodies with Nikola Jokic. But not only that, will give issues to other bigger centers in the league. Like he historically has given Anthony Davis issues on the offensive glass. He's a guy that could bury and give issues to Chet Holmgren, like the, uh, even like a Rudy Gobert. So like they're, they, they bring a good combination of like real two-way perimeter talent while also having that interior size. I also like that James Harden is slotted into a role where he can have a bad night and it's not the end of the world. I liked what you said about the seeding. I agree, particularly in the Western Conference. I just don't necessarily think it matters all that much because like no matter who, where you are, 
you're going to have a, a tough go of things. I was looking at it yeah. earlier. It's like, if you're the one seed, it's like you're probably going to face the Lakers or the Warriors. That's not a fun yeah. first round series. It's like, then you're going to face potentially like Denver or Phoenix yeah. in the in the second round. And then you're going to turn around and play in Oklahoma City or the Clippers. And then you're going to turn around and play a team out of the Eastern Conference. So to me, specifically in the West, seeding doesn't matter as much as long as you have that home court in that uh, in that first round series i yeah. think that's something that matters quite a bit but i think i think they're built for a postseason run and honestly i do view them as a value bet as well you're you're not getting a, a better combination of talent and experience with a top end superstar the way you get with Kawhi. We had Sam Vecini on the show the other day, and he said that he would take Kawhi as the second best playoff player when healthy in the league right now. I'm not sure if I'd have him quite that high, but he's in that conversation. And really, it, like you mentioned, the Phoenix, the you mentioned the series against Phoenix last year. Like he was a total ass kicker while he was out oh, there. He's amazing. <laughs> he, he just he, he just he, his his body didn't hold up, and that same health qualifier really applies to every single one of those teams. Is there a specific matchup with the Clippers that scares you though? Um, honestly, it's, it's the nuggets. Uh, part of me is just because like we all watch the bubble cause there's nothing else to watch in a two man game with Jamal Murray and Jokic, just put them in a complete blender. Um, I do think they they've come out of that a little bit. Like the following playoff run, they made it to the Western conference finals and they won the last two games against Utah and Paul George was incredible. He like the pandemic P jokes all, all went away. Um, <laughs> So like if, if the Nuggets, and I'm not predicting this, but if they somehow get bounced in the first two rounds, I, that would be the, the biggest worry for me for the Clippers would be the Nuggets. I think the Timberwolves, I, I don't trust their, their late game offense. And I think we'll have to see what it's like, because this is the best perimeter defense that Rudy Gobert's had when he was on the Jazz. He had to do everything. He was like the mm-hmm. entire defense. And then the Thunder, I was listening to that podcast you did with Vecini. They're a little bit too young and a little bit too slight. Uh, like the, the third worst rebounding team in the league, I think that's that's going to come back. Um, and then the Suns, I just I just don't trust the depth. It's like, are we is Bradley Beal going to play in the playoffs? And then what do you have outside of them? Like Grayson Allen has been incredible, but if you're telling me that he's their fifth most important player, like that concerns me. And then Nurkic is the healthiest he's been in years. So really, it's it's the Nuggets, and and, and that's not a hot take because it's, they just won the title last year. Yeah, yeah, I actually, I think the Clippers are just a way better version of the Suns. That's why yeah. I'm not particularly worried about Phoenix. Denver, it's interesting because I agree there would be they would be the team that you would be worried about. And by the way, every team in the league should be worried about Denver. They're the best. Yeah. Um, specifically, though, there's a couple of different things that I like about that matchup for the Clippers, at least to give them a shot. And it's one Zubac just having another big body to throw um at Jokic but also they kind of have the the like the the Nuggets have defenders that are good in help situations but aren't good on the ball and so against teams that are more like top heavy with superstars and then like role players down the roster they can really load up on stars and have really good help and recover schemes the Clippers have the unique ability to kind of spread you out and you run out of bodies like who is going to guard, like, who is Jamal Murray going to guard in that matchup? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is going to be opportunities to find matchups there that they can take advantage of. I I, I I, give the Clippers a legitimate puncher's chance to beat Denver, although I would pick Denver. All right, drum roll again here for your number two <laughs> favorite championship bet. Okay, so this one I cheated a little bit. Technically, it's not to win the title, but it's to come out of the East. Okay. <laughs> and it's not, and it's not the Celtics. I don't know if this counts, but it's not the Celtics. Um, and before I give you the team, I kind of just want to want to get your thoughts on kind of my logic here. So right now, the Celtics are plus one fifteen to win the East. That's a win percentage of you have to win basically 
above 46% of your bets at plus 115. And I don't know, like, is there a 50% chance that the Celtics are coming out of the East? Probably. And, it, and maybe it's just like fatigue because they've been so good for so long that you just start to pick nits where maybe you shouldn't. Um, but my issue has with has always been with the Celtics is they just don't get to the rim. And unless yeah. you have elite jump shooting like the Warriors with Steph and Clay or elite mid-range with Kevin Durant and Booker, not, not that I'm saying they should be title favorites, but it's just it's hard for me to envision them winning four games in a seven-game series in an East that might not have the top heavy teams like the West, but is much better than it was last year. Like the Celtics attempt fifth fewest, fifth fewest shots in the restricted area, the second fewest in the paint, but not in the restricted area. They average the most above the break three-pointers, the most uh, pull-up three-pointers as well. And yeah, they look magnificent when shots are falling, but then you have like the first three games against the Heat where they can't make a shot and everything just looks stagnant and, and looks just like they don't have a professional like a Mike Conley to run normal offense. So before I give you the team, I'm just curious about your thoughts on basically the field versus the Celtics. Well, really quickly before I go there, has that line moved much with the recent Bucks resurgence? Like, do you remember where that line was a couple of weeks ago? Um, I don't. So I, I just I just checked this yesterday. It's plus one fifteen. I actually think it, it's gotten more likely that this. I think the Celtics have become even bigger favorites because they what they've won nine nine straight at this point. I think is what it is. You know, I I picked. We were, um, I can't even remember what exactly, I think it was with the nerd sesh guys. We were talking about whether or not we take the Celtics or the field in the Eastern conference. And I went for the Celtics and I, I honestly, I honestly feel like a little bit better than a 50% chance feels like the right number. So if it's plus one fifteen, that actually feels like pretty solid odds to me. Um, the, the one thing that really worries me about Milwaukee in a series with Boston is I was literally watching this morning just with Tyrese Maxey and Buddy Heald uh, last night. Like Derek White and Jalen Brown and Drew Holiday is just a torture chamber of perimeter oh, it's defenders. Cr- it's crazy, and they can all switch and and they and they're physical. And like what I worry about is kind of like what happened with Dame when they when they kind of ran out of gas against the Pelicans a few years back, mm-hmm. where it's like where it's like just a good strong physical perimeter defender can wear Dame out and make him inefficient. And he's already kind of having a pretty bad, you know, efficiency season by his standards anyway. Now, Milwaukee's defending a lot better and they're starting to figure some stuff out in terms of their spacing and pick and roll. And I do think Milwaukee has a real shot to win, but I would probably give Boston a little better than 50% chance that they would win it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. And again, it's, it's one of those things where you get, like I said, you get fatigued. But my so my pick to come out of the East is actually the New York Knicks at plus eight fifty. That's essentially the plus eight fifty odds is essentially a win percentage of ten percent. And I went through it like, okay, if I'm not taking the Celtics, then let's go through the field. The Cavs, I think, are really good. I think they're a really solid regular season team. I'm not sure that they can they can win three series in the East. Like I'm maybe I'm too scarred from from uh, their series against the Knicks last year, but they just got bodied and I have a tough time seeing them win three straight um as a Sixers fan I'm contractually obligated to not think that Doc Rivers can coach a team into the finals um <laughs> I mean I will never get out of my head that Hawk series he played Dwight Howard Ben Simmons and Thibel at the on the same time in a game seven must win game it's just I can't get there and you know with the Sixers first of all I can't be a homer and come in here and say I think the Sixers but Real, the reality is, like, I, I just have too much uncertainty around Embiid's knee. And even if he comes back late March, which is what Woj reported, 
Like, what Embiid are we going to see? Is he going to be the ass kicker that he was at the beginning of the year? So that left me with the Knicks. Um, and I, I don't I think they have everything they need. Like, obviously, the one thing they need is health. <laughs> They're missing three-fifths of their starting lineup. That's not great. But I think part of my logic for, for the Knicks is I think Jalen Brunson is like a legitimate superstar. And I believe that it was Vicini who was making that same point on your show uh, when, when he came on. But he's awesome. Like, his raw stats are good. 27.7 points per game for over 40% shooting from deep about seven assists per game. He's running the second most pick and roll possessions per game pretty efficiently. And you, you can't go under that screen like you used to, like he'll shoot, he'll shoot from deep. He's averaging um, about a four pull up three pointers per game off the pick and roll and he's shooting like 38%. And then outside of, of Brunson, I just love their roster. I like they've, they have shooters now, like OG is a good spot up shooter. Boyan can get hot. DiVincenzo, He's been, he's been chucking it like crazy recently. Um, and then we'll have to see like OG and, and Randall should be back with enough time to be ramped up for the playoffs. We'll have to see with Mitchell Robinson. Um, and I think that this year, more than any year, they can withstand Randall if he decides to, to just not play well in the playoffs. Like that series <laughs> against the Hawks, that, Brunson wasn't even on team. Like that's a different, a different time. So I don't know, like for plus 850, like I just think they have everything they need. And I think they could beat the Celtics in, in a seven game series, but Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Plus eight fifty to win the East. I love that bet. Uh, the Knicks are a team that I'm super high on. I think they are literally constructed for the postseason. Exactly. I yeah. am. I am like super, super, super high on Jalen Brunson. I got in a bunch of trouble. I, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I got in a bunch of trouble this summer for saying that I thought Jalen Brunson was better than John Morant right now. Like that John Morant would probably eventually pass him. Sure. But that he's better than John Morant right now is just like a playoff game manager who can really navigate the half court slowdown physical environment. And everybody killed me for it. And I'm like, this dude's literally killing everybody this year. Like he's, he's awesome. He, he's unquestionably been better than Dame this year. Yeah. Like, like that, that's not even up for debate. Like, like Jalen Brunson is incredible. Dante DiVincenzo has actually turned into one of the best three and D guards in the league this season, which is like a, a crazy uh, value add for the Knicks. And then you have this incredibly physically imposing front line with OG Ananobi and J uh, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. If he can come back, Mitchell Robinson is like a huge matchup problem for teams, especially on the offensive glass and just kind of in general around the rim. He's also having had before he got hurt, one of the better defensive seasons of his career. I also think teams are going to run out of bodies in a lot of ways. Like you can imagine an environment where, you know, you're going to have to throw your biggest, strongest forward on Julius Randle. And it's like, who's guarding OG Ananobi? Cause he's a guy that can play that bully ball kind of back to the basket style and can and cause, cause some problems in matchup situations. So I'm super high on the Knicks. As a matter of fact, like among the uh, among those teams in the Eastern Conference, and Sam and I were actually talking about this when we did the show the other day. If they played the Bucks like tomorrow, I'm not sure that I wouldn't pick the Knicks. Now yeah. we'll see when we get to April because the Bucks have a lot of time to figure things out, and they are trending in the right direction in a lot of ways. But it's not impossible to imagine that the Knicks could beat a Bucks team in a second round series, and then go to Boston and play a super physical brand of basketball and bait them into their worst tendencies of settling for bad jump shots and not attacking the basket, and all of a sudden they end up coming out of the conference. That is not uh, infeasible. So it's like, like to me, plus eight fifty is an incredible number to get the Knicks out. I love that bet. Yeah. All right. Was, go ahead. No, that was, that's that's exactly my logic. Like you know, I wouldn't mm. like them at plus four hundred. I'd love I love them at plus mm. eight fifty. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is your favorite title bet for this season? It's the Denver Nuggets. Um, I tried to be different, but... I just think it's the Denver Nuggets. Like they're tied with the Clippers to have the second best odds to win the title. Like I think they should be the second best team behind the Celtics. Uh, they're plus 475. Like I said, that's a win percentage between 17 and 18%. Um, I'll admit that they have a little bit of concerning offensive stats. Like they need to be, if not number one, like top two offense in the NBA to win the title. Right now they're 12th in, in net rating. Part of that, like Murray's missed some games. They're 30 and 12 with him in the lineup with an offensive net rating that would be equivalent to the fourth best. In the NBA, and that's not even talking about when Murray and Jokic share the floor, when they, when they just break basketball together. And 
it kind of reminds me last year, like they were the one seed for so long in the regular season and had such a cushion that people kind of forget that post all-star break, the nuggets didn't look phenomenal. And, and I looked this up because I wanted to like make sure my memory was correct. Like they were after February 15th last year, they were 13 and 11 with a net rating. That's what put them at like 17th in the NBA. Then the playoffs started and they lost a combined four games. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I do think the West is better. So yeah, they probably won't make it to the finals by only losing three games. But kind of what I got to is like, okay, how many playoff runs, like what happened the last two healthy playoff runs for Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic? They won the title and then they beat the Clippers and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And they had a two-year break where Murray wasn't healthy. So I just think that they're undervalued because they're not quite having the regular season that they had last year. And uh, they're probably not going to be home court, but they proved that they can win on the road in the playoffs. So that part doesn't scare me. And kind of like we said with the Clippers, uh, like I don't really need them to be the one seed. So I just think that like the Nug- the Nuggets are the best bet to win the finals, especially at plus 475. I'm actually all season long. I have been confounded at why Denver is so such a long shot in Vegas to win the title. Like I, it just doesn't make any sense to me because I understand the optimism surrounding Boston. They have a super talented roster. They're kicking everybody's butt in the regular season, but that was uh, pretty much since Ime Udoka came on board and they made the Derek White trade. They've kicked everybody's butt incessantly since then. Yeah. That's never that's never not been the case, right? And so I, I struggle with it from uh, from the standpoint of like the Denver is such a textbook championship favorite because we've seen them do it before. They have the best player in the world. Everybody on their team is back, and there's more continuity. And also, like as you look around the board, like every team has these like glaring flaws. Like even with Boston, it's like, what are their last four losses? It's like, Oh, Denver, Milwaukee, the Clippers and the Lakers, all yeah. games where they settle for a bunch of jump shots and missed a bunch of shots. Now that's not to say Boston can't win. Like to me, Boston should only be slightly behind Denver. Like, like, but to me, they should be behind Denver. And so I a hundred percent agree with you. I see them as a, as a, as a real value add. I'm not as worried. I'm not, I'm not as worried about their, uh, about their offensive issues during the regular season. For starters, like Jamal Murray has missed a healthy chunk of time that has kind of thrown a wrench in some of the data. Also, like there's been extended stretches of the year where they've defended harder in the regular season than they did last year. Ironically, that stretch last year that you're talking about post All-Star break, that kind of got me off their scent because I was like thinking, okay, this is a team that's a mediocre defense and an elite offense. They're going to need to be sharp going into the postseason, like they're need, they're going to need to be on top of their details. They're going to need to be really on a string defensively, at least to get to the level they need to get. And then it ended up not even mattering when it, when, when it, when we got to the postseason. and like, really it comes down to, to just kind of put a bow on it. It comes down to just my core basketball philosophy, which is like playoff basketball is one with a physical interior style of play in a grind-out, slow-down, half-court environment. And there is literally not a team in the league that does that as well as Denver. And I, to me, I've said this on the show before, and, and, I, and I feel strongly about this. If they are healthy, meaning their core five guys are healthy, I would be surprised if they did not win the title. Because I don't, like legitimately, like if the Clippers upset them, I'd be like, wow, I did not see that coming. Like legitimately, it it is something that I feel very strongly about. I think... I think that we see the healthiest gap between the best player in the world and the second best player since LeBron around like 2012, 2013. Like he is head and shoulders above the field, in my opinion, and getting them at what was the number one more time? Uh, 475 to win the title. 
plus four plus forty four seventy five is insane to me. I I I think that that's a, is such a great bet. Um, who's your favorite MVP bet right now? So I mean, Jokic is is the favorite to win the MVP, and he should be the favorite to win the MVP. There's only one other guy that I wanted to throw at you, and that's uh, SGA. Uh, right now he's plus two fifty, and he has the second best odds to win. Plus two fifty that translates to win percentage of about twenty eight twenty nine percent. I don't know. Is there a, is there a third of a chance that SGA wins the MVP? Like if the Thunder, who are hot, end the season with the one seed, and uh, right now they're tied with the Timberwolves, and I think they've won like what seven straight at this point, something like that. Um, right now they're like a half game behind the Timberwolves in terms of record against teams above five hundred. They have the second best net rating in the entire NBA, only behind the Celtics. Like I don't know. I, I, is that crazy? I'm not going to say that. I think SGA is going to win the MVP or that that's even my favorite bet. It's just if I had to give you someone that's not Jokic. Honestly, the case for it would be what you were just saying about Jokic. Like what if what if they let their foot off the gas here down the stretch of the season? And what yeah. if they what if they end up what if Denver ends up winning with uh like ending up at the 4 seed? And and what if from there, you know, Jokic sits 4 or 5 games and you know just kind of does what he did at the end of last season, which is basically punt the MVP to Joel Embiid. If yeah. he does something like that, if if he does something like that, SGA just becomes the winner by default, and I think that's reflected in the odds. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I, I, I that said, like man, they look so sharp right now. Denver does coming out of the break so far. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be that would be the one kind of bit of reticence that I have. But yeah, I think I think. I think that like SGA makes sense as a as like a long shot bet simply because of the fact that we saw Denver do something very similar last year. Um, also, it's just crazy to think about. I was I, I like this was literally what I got into all that trouble for yesterday. But like, you could make a case he should have won last year. Yeah. No, I wasn't making that case. I thought Joel deserved it. But like, at a very minimum. He's going to be a three out of four MVP with a <laughs> with a with a second place finish in a year where he literally punted the award. Yeah. Like, like, like this is a run of dominance that we have not seen since LeBron in the in the early 2012s, and we should all be thankful that Jamal Murray and 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 then were out. It uh, uh well uh, wasn't uh, uh, Jamal Murray was out, and then Michael Porter Jr. was out as well. I think in 2000 uh um in 2022 if i remember correctly yeah yeah so like that yeah like we should all be thankful because it's very possible especially in that 2021 season which was kind of wide open and there were a bunch of like that weird hawks team made it to the conference finals and then that weird clippers team without Kawhi made it to the conference finals like even that suns team to me didn't feel like a traditional championship contender like that feels like a year denver wins it if they're healthy too so like I, i i i i i think it's incredible what we're seeing from Jokic. all right so i i turn on the the game this morning i'm watching celtic sixers <laughs> and and i'm i'm, I'm finding there's some silver linings there i'm seeing some stuff we'll talk about it here in a second but then i look i look because i haven't followed the sixers super closely since Embiid got hurt just because it doesn't you're not going to learn anything super interesting about them as a sixers fan where are you at with this team man how you doing how you holding up yeah i'm okay i appreciate you asking <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's, it's kind of funny because when Embiid was on his run of dominance I was like, you know, I think this is the best roster the Sixers have had specifically to complement Joel Embiid. Like the Jimmy Butler roster was better. Last year, the roster was probably better, but they're more able to withstand an injury to Embiid because they could just, you know, let Harden run the show. And then Embiid gets hurt. He misses a month. And I'm like, do they only have one other good player on their roster? It's like amazing how different their team looks like. Maxie's awesome. I love Tyrese Maxie. You know, is he ready to run the show in the playoffs? Maybe or maybe not. Um, But where I'm at with the Sixers is like, 
if they if they can't get to like if they can't get a top six seat, which right now they're currently the six seed or tied with the Heat in terms of record, but they're only a half game up on both the Magic and the Pacers. Even if Embiid comes back and at the end of March and he looks good, like I just have a hard time seeing them really making a run because you don't know how his knee is going to hold up, even if he comes back healthy. And man, the East is just so much better this year than it has been. Like every other year, the Sixers have lost in the second round. They've waltzed out of their first round opponent. Like they beat the Heat pre-Jimmy Butler. They beat the Raptors post-Kawhi uh, a couple of years ago. And last year, they beat the Nets team that was wouldn't have been the sixth seed if they didn't have a great first half with, with Durant and, um, and Kyrie. So where I'm at with the Sixers is I, I wear Eagles hats and I wear Phillies hats and I don't wear Sixers hats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the case, the case for the Sixers to win the title is Embiid goes into the postseason and just kills everybody. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine that happening this season under the circumstances. I mean, he is a rhythm player. Conditioning is a very important part of his success. And it, it, it's it's difficult to imagine him just like stepping back out onto the court in late March and then like being like, okay, let's start from the eight seed and let's see if we can do this thing. Like, exactly. it just seem, it just feels like a long shot. There are encouraging things like... I, I I am such a huge Tyrese Maxey fan. I remember when I ran into him in Vegas at Summer League a couple years ago and he came out of the 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 locker room just like or he came out of the uh the rec center there at UNLV just like completely drenched in sweat after a workout and I'm like dude it's July and like everyone else is here just like relaxing and having a great time and you're in the gym just like kicking your ass getting ready you know for next season and I I I love his combination of downhill speed and pull-up shooting. I thought last night he was cooking everybody on the Celtics. He's cooking Tatum. He's like cooking Derek White. He's cooking Drew Holiday. He's getting better at his kickout reads. He's got a 2.5 assist to turnover ratio ever since Joel Embiid went out. He's maintained his efficiency for the most part. He's been at 27 points per game at 57% true shooting since Embiid went out, which is really solid, uh, especially when the entire scheme is devoted towards trying to slow you down. He can turn the corner on the best perimeter defenders in the league. Absolutely love that guy. And honestly, like, I do think he's good enough to be a good, a legit number two next to Joel Embiid. I also like, I really like this Ricky Council, the fourth guy. He's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Dude, <laughs> like, I, I was, I've watched, uh, like, the, the handful of Sixers games I've watched in the last couple of months. I've been like, I, I keep, I keep, like, I remember the first time I was like, who is that? And then, like, I'm watching him last night. I'm like, here's Ricky Council again. Yeah. Like, He's got he he plays with a lot of motor. He's a good athlete. He rebounds really well. He can put the ball on the floor and like make plays off the bounce. I was pulling the stats earlier. His per 36 numbers this year, 24 points per game in eight rebounds or 24 points per 36, eight rebounds per 36 on 62% true shooting. So he's he's producing like a 24 and 8 guy efficiently in the small spurts that he's out there on the floor. I really like that. I have one gripe I really don't understand why Buddy Heald is starting for them. And here's the case. I understand, like, Tyrese Maxey's competing on defense. He had some really good possessions against Jalen Brown last night. Like, Jalen Brown was trying to pick on him, and he was just just holding his ground, picked him clean twice through an offensive foul. Um but like he does have some limitations on that, and he's just a little small, and yeah. he, and he almost like he almost like plays too hard for his own good on defense. Like he sometimes he like overreacts and jumps and gets out of position, which can which can hurt him sometimes. But like I really do think you need someone of the DeAnthony Melton ilk at the two, a guy that's like a more defensive minded 
perimeter, uh, like kind of like guy that you can throw on the other team's best guard. And like Buddy Heald to me is a guy that's like he's your textbook, like high volume three point shooter that's pretty efficient. And you could run things like go screen actions and stuff to get the defense in rotation. It's a good start. And I like him as a bench weapon. And in general, I like him as a talent add to the team. But to me, like having another skill guard next to Tyrese Maxey is setting yourself up for failure on the defensive end of the floor. Also, historically, Buddy Heal tends to kind of run into efficiency issues when he gets into really physical defensive environments, which again happened against Boston last night, other mm-hmm. than the first two shots he hit. So like, I, I just wonder, like, how do you feel about the Buddy Heal move? Do you think it like makes sense for them? And do you agree with the way that they're using him so far? Yeah, I think it makes sense when Embiid's healthy because they, his gravity is going to be so helpful for Embiid and Embiid in the paint could clean up a lot of issues they would have defensively. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree that it would make more sense to start Anthony Melton. Like Anthony Melton also missed a ton of time when the Sixers were losing a bunch of games. He missed, yeah. I don't know, like six weeks, whatever it was. Um, and I love Anthony Melton. Like I think like as long as I've been a Sixers fan, like in, in the Embiid era, they haven't had a guy who can both shoot and play defense. It's it been either or. It's been J.J. Redick. It's been Seth Curry. Or last year they had P.J. Tucker. Um, he can at least do both. And that's just, a, it's, a, it's a revelation to watch. Um, I also think, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Buddy Heald, uh, but prior to coming on the Sixers, he's got limitless range. I thought he would have a quicker trigger. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't quite shoot as as just unconscious as you would hope for. He's a little bit of a better playmaker than I was expecting. Like he, he's done a pretty good job with assists. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the problem is he makes a lot more sense with Embiid in the lineup because, like I said, that gravity is just so helpful. And, and their two-man game could end up being pretty good, like probably not as good as him and J.J. Redick because that was really good. And even Seth Curry was really good for the one year they had him. And his two-man game with Maxi is awesome. Um, but but yeah, I kind of I kind of agree. A Maxi um, buddy healed backcourt without having like with with B-ball Paul as the as the rim protector, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna get it done. Yeah, I I that that's I totally understand it within the context of the Embiid move. I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, this is JJ Redick, Seth Curry basically is like essentially going away from the high pick and roll uh, you know, pocket passes to the to the foul line for Embiid and back to some of like just the dribble handoff stuff that he did so mm-hmm. much with those guys. And I I do really like that. Um, but again, like to me it's matchup based and it makes a ton of sense as almost like a staggering kind of thing with Maxi as a way to keep running offense so like you can have Maxi led units because Maxi's demonstrating he can score and run an offense without Embiid out there like that's that's how damn good he is and so you can kind of construct lineups accordingly and make it work to me like DeAnthony Melton is literally like a slightly lesser version of Contavious Caldwell Pope like he's a good big athlete on at that position who can guard the difference between him and KCP is KCP is more of like an off the catch, off the dribble handoff kind of guy. DeAnthony Melton actually has some off the dribble pop. Like he can really put the ball on the floor. But to me, like that's the mold is you look at it in the same way that you can have Murray and KCP and it works because KCP can guard Steph Curry and KCP can do take on these higher leverage defensive assignments. You look at it as Tyrese Maxey and DeAnthony Melton. And then if the matchup makes sense, if they're a team that doesn't attack, like for instance, if you're playing Boston, then yeah, like maybe Buddy Heald makes more sense because they're going to be initiating more offense through Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And it's more on, you know, Tobias Harris and Kelly Oubre to guard on the perimeter. You know, like I, I like him there. I just don't necessarily agree with the way that they've used him so far. All right, Matt, why don't you tell us about where we can find your work? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I do um, NBA betting live streams for betting pros on directly on the YouTube channel every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 a.m. 
anything else you can find on my Twitter slash X handle. I don't know what we're even calling it these days. Um, at Jedi in my last name, Modi, J-E-D-I-M-O-D-I. I'd have some sort of Star Wars stuff in there. But yeah, I appreciate you having <laughs> me and, and that's where you can find me. Hell yeah, dude. All right. I, I have one last question for you, Mr. Star Wars fan. Have you read the Thrawn books? No, I haven't. I have not read any of the books. So maybe I'm a poser, but I've not read any of the books. I'm disappointed, Matt. I'm disappointed. <laughs> hey, hey, this was this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Everybody, uh, go check out uh, Matt and his work on YouTube. As always, we appreciate you guys for supporting us. We'll see you guys later tonight for the live stream after Clippers-Lakers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.